You are listening to episode seven of the Encouragement Outpost podcast, the series in which we are exploring different verses in the Bible that have the word all. And today, I want to talk to you about a very, very important principle that is important for each one of us Christians to keep in mind when we are living this Christian life. It is so easy to get in the mode where we don't pay close attention to do all that the Lord calls us to do, and we do it partially. We do it sloppily. We do it half-heartedly and not completely. And there is there's just a lot of bad consequences that come with that. Um, when Jesus came, one of the things he was able to say when he was praying was, Lord, I've done everything you've asked me to do. Now, I know some of you are going to say, wait, 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 but that was Jesus. That was Jesus. But friend, the point is not whether or not we're perfect like Jesus. The point is, are we faithful like Jesus? And so we want to talk about that today as we look at 1 Samuel chapter 15. Stay tuned. Welcome to the Encouragement Outpost podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Georgia Pointer, and today we want to talk about total obedience, complete obedience. I was reading um, in my quiet time this week in 1 Samuel chapter 15, and I had, I you know, I'd read this story before, but I was I was struck once again with Saul. Uh, for those of you that don't know, Saul is the king that Israel decided they wanted to have. God appointed him as king. Israel, the nation of Israel, wanted to have a king like everybody else. They didn't want the Lord to just be their leader. They wanted to have a human king, and so God gave them a king, and he told them that they were going to be sorry, uh, but he let them have it. And the prophet at that time's name is Samuel. Samuel was the person who heard from God, and he spoke to the king and told the king what the Lord said. So in this chapter, Samuel tells Saul that the Lord says for him to go and completely destroy the Amalekites. He was not to leave any cattle, no, no people, nothing, complete destruction. And so Saul went and he attacked the Amalekites, as the Lord said, but he took the king, did not kill the king. And he also, he, he destroyed the people. He did that part. He totally destroyed the people, but he spared the king and he spared the best of the sheep and cattle, the fat ones, you know, and he 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 rationalized it by saying, I'm going to save this and I'm going to offer a sacrifice to God because and, and so he, he, he destroyed the, the cattle that was weak and sick, but he kept the fat ones to offer to the Lord. And so I'm just really struck by several things. That he, you know, the Lord said, you know, I, I'm sorry that I may, I regret that I may, King uh, Saul the king, 
because he turned away from me, has not carried out my instructions, he said in verse 10. And so he, so Saul, excuse me, Samuel, the prophet had to go to him. And let's see, uh, verse, yes, verse 12, early in the morning, Samuel, uh, the prophet got up and went to see Saul, the king. But he was told Saul has gone to Carmel. There he has set up a monument in his own honor and has turned and gone on down to Gilgal. So he's, he's, he's celebrating himself. He is, he is, he is, he's full of himself is what he is. Okay. And then verse 13. And when, so Samuel went to, to, to meet Saul. So when Samuel reached him, verse 13, Saul said, the Lord bless you. I have carried out the Lord's instructions. No, he had not. No, he had not. But do you realize that sometimes we can be so deep in sin that we convince ourselves that that we're in the right when we're not? We we can we can become so dull to the voice of God and so insensitive to to our own sin that we find a way to rationalize our wrongdoing. And so he said, the Lord bless you. I have carried out the Lord's instructions. But then in verse 14, Samuel, the prophet said, what then is this bleating of sheep in my ears? What is this lowing of cattle that I hear? If you have done everything you, that, that the Lord said for you to do, why am I hearing these noises in my ear? And listen to what Saul answered. The soldiers brought them from the Amalekites. They spared the best of the sheep and cattle to sacrifice to the Lord your God. But we totally destroyed the rest. Do you hear the rationalization? And notice how he's blaming the soldiers. Now, who's the king? Who's the king? Who's the one in charge? He's passing the buck. He's blaming somebody else. And if we are not careful, my friends, we can find ourselves rationalizing and shifting blame instead of taking full responsibility for our actions. And so then in verse 16, Samuel, the prophet said, enough, enough. Let me tell you what the, tell me what the, let me tell you what the Lord said to me last night. Samuel was sick of the lies. He was sick of the racket rationalization. And he was like, okay, I just, I just need to do what I came here to do. And so he gave him a very sobering message that the Lord was going to remove him as king. And he was going to appoint somebody else. But then look at verse 20. Saul says, but I did obey the Lord. I went on the mission the Lord assigned me. I completely destroyed the, Am the Amalekites and brought back Agag, their king. Friend, <laughs> you and I both know that if he completely destroyed the Amalekites and brought back Agag, their king, that he did not completely obey the Lord. He partially obeyed. Partial disobedience is uh, partial obedience is complete disobedience. Let me say that again. Partial obedience 
is com- it, partial obedience is is complete disobedience. And so verse 21 Saul says the soldiers took sheep and cattle from the plunder the best of what was devoted to God in order to sacrifice them to the Lord your God at Gilgal. This shows that Samuel no not Samuel Samuel's the prophet Saul Saul completely forgot the holiness of God. He completely forgot who he was dealing with. How can he possibly think that he's going to take something that God said for him not to take and offer it to God as a sacrifice? Really? But we do it all the time, friends, don't we? We say, okay, God, I know you said to do this, but but I'm going to I'm going to make up for it. I, I, I'm actually going to do something and it'll, it'll be even better. When all the Lord wants from us. Is to obey him completely. He doesn't want us taking any side roads. He doesn't want us to do any alternatives. He doesn't. He wants us to do what he asks us to do. Because he knows what is best. And we are the servants and he is the master. But obviously, Saul forgot that. He says the soldiers took sheep and cattle from the plunder, the best of what was devoted to God in order to sacrifice them to the Lord your God at Gilgal. God's like, I don't want that. But Samuel replied in verse 22, Does the Lord delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as much as in obeying the Lord? Saul was acting as though his sacrifices were were the equivalent of obeying God, that his sacrifice was, was, was equal to obeying God and was not. To obey is better than sacrifice. And to heed is better than the fat of rams. And the Lord then calls Saul's actions exactly what they were. Rebellion. In verse 23, he says, For rebellion is like the sin of divination and arrogance like the evil of idolatry. Who did Saul think he was to decide that he knew what was best? That he was going to do something other than what God commanded him to do and that God was just going to be okay with that. Finally, in verse 24, then Saul said to Samuel, I have sinned. I have valid. I have violated the Lord's command and your instructions. Finally, he's ready to do that. But then more rationalization. I was afraid of the men. And so I gave in to them. Now, I didn't see anything up in the verse in the, in the first verses that said that the, that the soldiers, you know, convinced him to do something different. They may have, but the text does not say that. And so I'm going to conclude that, that Saul was just lying. He was still just passing the blame. Have you ever met anybody who is like, they'd rather slit their own throat than admit that they made a mistake or that they were wrong. That's pride, friend. 
It's pride. Humility says, I have sinned. Confession, true confession says, Lord, you said that I'm wrong. And I completely agree with what you said. There's no but. There's no extra attachment that we add to it. There's no excuse. There's no rationalization. Lord, I have sinned. And I am so sorry. And I repent and I beg your forgiveness. And so, sadly, Saul suffered the consequences for his actions. But friend, I want to point out the fact that Saul's heart was like it was long before his actions showed us what was in his heart. Sometimes we don't know until we see what somebody does, what's in their heart, but God already knew what was in there. And sometimes it takes time for the actions to show it. But I just don't see that Saul's heart was fully God's. And so he was not interested in obeying fully God's command. And the application is obvious. It is. Uh, friend, I'm asking myself as, as, as much as I'm asking you. Are you committed to obeying the Lord completely? Or are you going to allow yourself to slip into only partially obeying? Only partially doing what the Lord says. Now, when I, whenever there's a message like this, there is the danger of legalism. And legalism is 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 the act of becoming so obsessed with the letter of the law that we almost injure ourselves and we become almost maniacal in trying to obey every little bit but we leave out the relationship with God so that is the pendulum swinging to the opposite extreme there's disobedience on one side and then there's legalism on the other side. But what God is calling for is a close relationship with him where we're walking in step with him. We are, we are continuously communing with him through prayer. Our mind is always set on, on obedience. Now, of course, we're going to slip. Of course, we're going to fall. Of course, we're going to make mistakes. But you but as soon as you realize you've made a mistake, as soon as you realize that you you've disobeyed, immediately confess that immediately get it right. Um, it's what they call keeping short accounts. It means that as soon as you recognize that you are outside of the will of God, you get back in, you confess and you keep going. It is impossible to live a perfect Christian life on this side. It's impossible. But thankfully, it is not what God is calling for us, for us to live. Because had it, had it been possible for us to live perfectly, he would not have bothered with the cross. We wouldn't have needed the cross if we could obey um, completely on our own. And even 
with Christ in our hearts, once we receive him and we surrender our hearts and our lives to him, it is still a journey of falling and getting back up again, falling and getting back up again. But it's also a journey of getting to know the ways of God more intimately in our lives. Um, today, I, I, went, I went on a, uh, to a doctor's appointment and I thought I was going to stop and, and, and make, run another little errand on the way to the appointment, but then I realized I had not allowed myself enough time. And so I I rushed to the car and I'm driving and, and I was so tempted to speed. I was so tempted to run lights, you know, because I was in a hurry and my appointment was at 1120 and my GPS said that I would get there at 1122 and where the appointment was, I would have to park and walk most of the time. I have to walk a good distance because the parking, there's not a lot of parking there. And I, and, and I was tempted, y'all, I was. And I'm not saying that I did everything I was supposed to do on the way there, but I remember at one particular point, I was like, okay, it's time to trust God. It's time to trust God. I'm not going to run this light and I'm going to trust the Lord because I know, you know, it's better to be late. And I think I had just read this passage too about obedience is better than sacrifice, you know. Um, and so, so I was like, okay, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna go the speed limit. I'm going to, I'm gonna, I'm gonna obey the traffic lights, you know, and all of that. And y'all, when I got there, this has never, ever happened to me before. When I got there, yes, the parking garage was full, like it always is. And I thought, oh my goodness, I've got to go and find a parking space. You know that there was a parking space right there, as close as I could possibly get without being in the door, <laughs> without being right there at the doorway of the hospital where my appointment was. And I was like, Lord, you are so good. You are so good. Friend, we will not see God make a way out of no way if we are continually making our own way. Again, I don't always get it right. I don't. In fact, I get it wrong more often than I care to admit. But this particular day, the Lord just showed me, if you do what I tell you to do, I'm going to take care of you. And you know what? It would not have been the end of the world. It would have been embarrassing to be late for that appointment. But it's better to be late and have the approval of God than to take shortcuts and rationalize and do things our own way and miss out on what God has for us. We shortchange ourselves when we do not walk in complete obedience. So I just want to encourage you to take a moment and ask the Lord to search your heart. Say, Lord, is there anything that you've been calling me to do that I've not been doing? Is there something that I've rationalized? Is there something that I've let slip to the point where it doesn't even bother me anymore? Friend, if you ask God those questions, he will show you. Just let your heart be quiet before him. And he will speak. 
He will speak. There's no condemnation. He simply wants repentance and for you to move back to being in the center of his will and for his desire to be first and foremost above your own. That is the life of obedience. That is the life of fellowship with God. And it is one of the beautiful things that God went to the cross for, to have our relationship restored to him and make it possible for us to obey him more because we have his spirit living inside of us and he enables us to do things that we cannot do on our own. I know that today's message was a little tough to hear um, for some of you possibly, but I want you to know that I am in the trenches with you and that the Lord speaks the same things to me and I'm just passing on to you what I believe he calls me to share here. If there's anyone that you know of that you think might be encouraged by this message, I encourage you to send them the link. And if you've not yet subscribed to have this um, podcast pop up every time it, every time I post a new one, I encourage you to hit that button. If you uh, have any comments or anything that you want to say to me regarding this episode or any other episode, I encourage you to contact me at Ordinary Girl, that is O-R-D-I-N-E-R-R-Y Girl, at yahoo.com. And if you'll put podcast in the subject line, I will know that this is regarding the podcast. Because as you can imagine, I get a lot of junk mail and I don't pay attention to a lot of it. But if you'll put podcast there, that'll catch my attention. Thank you so much for your time and attention today. God blessed. God bless you. And I will see you next time.